Oh my god. What? I have missed your face. <gasps> I've missed so yours. Goddamn much. I know. And I'm sorry for being absent in your child's time of need. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You're like deathly ill, so I'd probably rather not kill my newborn child off immediately. That's fair. Or ever. <laughs> or, or ever. I mean, wait till after you die at least. You yeah. Know? I mean, listen, I've been baking them for nine months, so. Yeah, it's got to last at least that long. <laughs> exactly. So for everybody out there, guess what? We I had a baby. Yeah, you did. <laughs> God damn! Finally. I know, fucking right. Although this is going to come out like two weeks later, so you know. So now people I have, who like, follow a... us on Twitter will know already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'll have like a one month old by the time you hear all this. I know, right? But yay! Except for the bad part is that I miss your face so much. It's I been miss like, your face too. It's been like a week and a half. Yeah, because I got bronchitis. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that shit. No. <laughs> Well, how are you feeling with your bronchitis? Um, I feel fine. I have this death cough that people stop and look at me like, is she vaccinated? It literally, <laughs> it literally sounds like the death rattle when someone dies. Yeah. <laughs> when you cough, it's like, <gasps> yeah, it's bad. It doesn't feel good, but you know, other than that, I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. And I'm so glad that I got to finally lay eyes upon your baby. Ah, uh, yes. My second born child. Yes. The, the first born is just, a, you know. A hot, a hot dumpster fire. Just a hot mess. <laughs> well, maybe this one has a little more hope. <laughs> this one could still be like a doctor, a surgeon. Yeah, the other one. Him or anything yet. Yeah, the other one has to be a lawyer. <laughs> He's down a few pegs. Uh, I stole that joke from our friend Jake. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, how was, uh, how was your whole birth? Oh, yeah. That was, that's good, actually going to be my goddamn. Oh, well, then let's say... Hey everyone, welcome to episode 45. Oh, give it to us. <laughs> was that our intro for 45? Yeah. <laughs> and now it. you can tell me your goddamn Stacy. Okay, here's my goddamn, Erin. I had a baby. <gasps> and remember how I was like, I'm going to go into gory, gruesome detail because that's the kind of person I am. And yep. people need to know that this shit is what happens during birth. Yep. Uh, I had the fucking easiest birth ever. <laughs> I am so hopeful yes you should <laughs> that's be. what happens to me dude baby number two is so easy it's because you're like a slip and slide that baby came flying out of my hoo-ha like a goddamn hot dog down a hallway <laughs> i literally only pushed for seven minutes uh, the doctor was like okay let's start pushing and seven minutes later my baby was born oh my god i had like two or three con no i had three or four contractions and they were like a minute each so technically i was only pushing for four minutes that's ridiculous. And then in between, I would just be like, all right, should I push again? And the doctor would be like, go. And You're then just I'd like go, chilling out. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I have to tell you the best part. What? Actually, the worst and the best part. First of all, with my first, I was induced. So I just got to walk in the hospital and be like, yo, I'm here to have a baby. And they were like, all right, let's do this shit. And I was yeah. like, okay. And everything was fine. This one, I was in labor for fucking weeks. <laughs> and then when real labor started, I went into the hospital and they didn't believe me that real labor had started. They were like, well, you're four and a half centimeters dilated and you're having contractions every six to four minutes, but you need to go walk the hallways for two hours to see if you dilate more, to see if this is true Fuck labor. that. And I'm like, it's true fucking labor. Did you hear how you said I'm four and a half centimeters fucking dilated and I'm having contractions every four to six minutes? Yeah, like, that's labor. <laughs> yeah, of course it's labor. So from 1130 to 130 in the morning, I had to walk the hallways of the hospital alone. Well, with Lee, but like no one else is there. There's no nurse or anything. Yeah. 
And I'm just walking around and every four minutes I'm like clutching onto the walls and screaming curse words like fuck because it hurts. Labor hurts. It's not fun. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and for two hours to walk around, that's so long. Oh my God. I got to the point where I'd be like, okay, we have 40 minutes. They're every four minutes apart. That gives me, I'm going to have 10 contractions. And so I'd start counting like, okay, that was two. Okay, you can do this. Eight more contractions. You could do this. Like, oh my just God. To time, like I just needed to be done. It's and like when you're down. running and you're like, only two more minutes. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's what I was doing. Oh my God. And then they started to get really bad towards the end. And then I go back up there at like 1.30 and they check me and I'm like half a centimeter more dilated or something. And these bitches were going to send me home. Fuck that. They were like, well, I don't know if we're going to keep you. Like, you're not moving along fast enough. You really don't want to labor here. And I'm like, yes, I do. I want to labor in a hospital. Where... I want to lab- labor with an epidural, please. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, this is fucking miserable. And then they witnessed me having a contraction because the whole time, like, I was hooked up before and they saw the contractions and I was just kind of like, ooh, these really suck. Yeah. But by this time, I was, like, cursing. Yeah. And so they... I don't even know if they had me hooked up, but I had a contraction while they were standing there. And the lady was like, what do you think if we send you home? And I was like, I literally will cry. Please do not send me home right now. Like I'm in labor. Yeah. And then I had a contraction and I like was all curled up screaming like, fuck these suck. And then while I was in the midst of the contraction, I heard the lady say, she's a keeper. (laughs) I was like, thank you. And then that nurse left. And then the nurse that was like, like really helping me she like gave me a high five like all right you're in and I'm like what the fuck why is this a thing if dudes were in labor I know right and they even thought if if dudes gave birth and if they were like you know what I'm tired of being pregnant and I'm 38 or 39 weeks can we just go ahead and get the show on the road you could waltz in schedule that shit they'd be like oh you don't want to feel it it sucks let's get you an epidural right away like Oh, my God. And here you have to, like, fucking prove you're in labor. Yeah. They'd be, like, you know, the whole 39th week. Yeah. Just waiting in the hospital with an epidural. Yeah. Am I having contractions? It's going to hit any minute, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Those fucking bastards. Anyway, so then I get admitted, and I'm like, I would like an epidural. And the lady's like, you can have one anytime you want. And I was like, okay, let me wait one more contraction. Because when you're not having a contraction, you're like, I could do it. Yeah, it's kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, eh, it's not that bad. And then you have one and you're like, fuck that. I never want to feel that again. Oh, wait, I forgot. I'm dying. Yes. <laughs> and so I had a contraction and I was like, I would like an epidural. And I talked to the nurse. And she was uh, like, Hello? I would like one epidural, please. That's literally how I ordered it. I pushed <laughs> the button and I was like, can I please have one epidural? <laughs> anyway, and they probably didn't think, oh, like this bitch, she's not even really in labor. But it's because I was in between contractions. <laughs> yeah, it was fine then. But so I call the nurse and I'm like, I would like an epidural. And I had talked to her beforehand and she said, it will only take 15 minutes to get your epidural. And I was like, all right, I can handle that. And then 15 minutes passed and I still hadn't heard back from her. And again, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, okay, they're every two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) This is how many contractions I have to survive before I get this epidural. It took the guy 40 minutes to get to me because the pager wasn't working. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. (laughs) What is he? A goddamn time traveler? Seriously. Who has a pager? Call his fucking cell phone. We all have cell phones. This is an emergency. How old is this guy? (laughs) He was like probably younger than me. (laughs) But he came in. Did you talk shit the whole time he was in there? No. Like, hey, man, did you get your pager fixed? <laughs> no. Did you take it to the pager repair store? I should have, but I walked in and I was like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Everybody was so apologetic to me. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Let's just do this, right? And so he's, like, getting all set up. And while he's back there, like, shoving needles in my back, he's like, I'm going to give you this extra little boost so that, like, it happens faster. 
and like you go numb faster yeah and I was like okay whatever and I like went numb instantly oh god (laughs) it was beautiful and then when he left the nurse was like oh he felt bad for you like they don't do that for everybody I guess it was like a spinal tap or some shit yeah she's like they don't do that for everybody that's what an epidural is isn't it yeah I think so but like epidural takes like 15 minutes to kick in this shit was like he pushed some extra shit through and I went numb instantly. He actually just clipped your spine. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. Dude, I was numb. So that was like three o'clock in the morning or some shit that that yeah. happened. I was numb till six o'clock the next PM? evening. Yeah. PM. Oh my God. After my son was born at basically 10 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't move till six o'clock at night. Jeez. Like I don't even think I needed an epidural after whatever the fuck he put in me. <laughs> I could not wiggle my feet. Like, oh my god they couldn't with my first I could like still kind of move myself around yeah I had to be moved and it was like see I felt seasick whenever somebody moved my legs because I couldn't feel it yeah and I was just like Ooh. what the fuck so I didn't feel shit the whole time I pushed it was beautiful that sounds nice the whole four minutes I pushed yeah the whole time <laughs> so anyway I can't even bitch about this birth and be like it's horrible because i like got up the next morning and they're like do you need medicine and i'm like i i'll take it but i don't think so because you were still numb (laughs) probably you still had the epidural coursing through your body i don't think that baby had enough time to fuck my shit up though i'm so i am hopeful that that's what happens to me i hope so too i bet it will everybody says the second's way faster yeah i can attest to that i don't know man i have big babies you do have big babies <laughs> on account of the first one was huge <laughs> so i'm nervous we'll see we'll see i'm sure it's gonna be fine yeah i hope so here's the best part though and then i'll stop talking about my birth all right while giving birth something splashed lee in the face <laughs> what <laughs> are you serious that's his nightmare <laughs> I don't know what it was. The only thing I can imagine There's a lot flying around. I'm there is sure. a lot flying around. I was like a lot more involved in this birth. Like I was sitting up and there was like mirrors and shit so I could see yeah. everything. I don't know why my doctor likes to bring in mirrors. So but did I, mine. Yeah. I could They're see. They're like, check this out. And I'm like, that is not mine. I don't. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> look like my body at all. No. But with my first, I don't really remember much of anything like I was kind of laying back after he was born but yeah. I was still kind of sitting up for this one so like I saw my placenta being delivered Ooh, yeah and she literally like held it up in front of me like a goddamn wind chime with <laughs> 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 like everything attached and I was like that's fucking weird like I never got to see my other placenta yeah so I think when she did that it like sprayed <laughs> uh, I don't know or maybe the baby like when just she plopped it into the tub it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so weird anyway that's a good time. Yeah. That's Lee's nightmare, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he was horrified. I bet. He didn't say anything He's in like, the it's on my lip. It's on <laughs> my lip. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Poor yes. guy. I know. He's such a trooper. But so am I because I made a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you are the star of the show. That's right, baby. <laughs> All right, Aaron, give me your goddamn. All right. Well, my goddamn is just the, the fact that you went into fucking labor while I was literally driving away. The one weekend you're out of town. <laughs> yeah, the one weekend I'm going out of town and you're texting me like when I woke up to get ready to fucking drive out of town. You're like, just so you know, I'm in the hospital. I'm giving birth. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Right now? <laughs> like, I have to cancel this. <laughs> it worked out though because you were like deathly ill already. Yeah, I was. And I, I think I brought biological warfare to everyone out in Arizona. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're all sick, suckers. You are patient zero this time. I am. Actually, my kid would be but he got over it so fast and then my husband got over it so fast and I've just been fucking sick because I'm pregnant and I can't take anything I was gonna say I'm telling you it's because you're pregnant yeah 
Uh, they won't let you take anything. They're like, oh, cough suppressants? That'll uh, kill your baby. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, but you're probably going to kill your baby. So. Yeah, he might come out like a lawyer. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Uh, all of it. Like Dayquil and Lightquil, they're like, you could try it, but it'll probably be stillborn. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I'm just suffering through it here. Yeah. With my goddamn bronchitis. At least you're on the tail end. Hopefully. I think so. I've been on the tail end for like literally a month. I've had this shit for literally a month. With your first pregnancy, you got like really sick too where you had to go to the hospital. I did. Like with a fever because you were cooking the baby from the inside out. Yeah. Well, I got sick a couple of times during my last one where like I got the flu and so I was dying. One time I got uh, food poisoning, but they were like, oh, you had Subway? It's probably listeria. So and so then they made me now. go to the hospital. And then I had to stay in the hospital for two nights. And they're like, wow, we've never seen anyone with listeria before. And I was like, it's probably because <laughs> I don't fucking have it. <laughs> but they were like, okay, listen, you could just risk it and not go into the hospital for this. And you might have a stillborn. Oh, my God. Or you could go to the hospital and get started on these antibiotics or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the faster you get started on it, then the faster, like, the better it'll, chances that you won't have a fucking stillborn. Jesus, did yeah. they really say that to you? Yeah. And oh so I was God. like, all right, cool. I guess we're going to the hospital. Yeah, I'd like to not have that stillborn. <laughs> yeah. And so we went to the hospital and then they started me on the antibiotics and stuff. And it was like the blood work wasn't going to come back for two days to find out Jeez. if I had it or not. So they're just doing all this preemptive stuff. And then turns out I didn't. <laughs> it was fine, everyone. <laughs> it turned out okay. Just stayed two nights in the goddamn hospital. <laughs> so apparently my body is really dramatic during pregnancy. Yeah, it is. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. Other than, like, I don't get morning sickness. I don't have any, like, other, other symptoms. Fucking pregnancy like, symptoms. Yeah. Just if I get ones. sick, it's like the world is ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, goddamn. Well, goddamn. I hope you get better waste sooner i hope i get better ever eventually (laughs) someday (laughs) hashtag someday this is just your life yeah this (laughs) could be i got bronchitis god damn so we should apologize just in case the sound quality on this isn't up to par we are in a different location yep we're in my newborn baby's room (laughs) yeah because uh i wasn't about to make stacy come into ground zero of my house and possibly get herself and her baby and her child entire family (laughs) i didn't want to be responsible for killing off her whole family i appreciate that yeah so if this one sounds a little bit different that's why yeah we had to move headquarters but you know i'm sure we'll be back next week yeah podcast hq yeah (laughs) our gd hq yeah (laughs) hopefully we'll be back next week because this cough better fucking be gone seriously Okay. All right, Stacy, give All me right. your story. Okay, so my story this week is about Kelsey Bereth. Oh, right. Kelsey was a 29-year-old who lived in Woodland Park, Colorado, in 2018. And she lived with her one-year-old daughter who she had with her fiancé, Patrick Frazee. Okay. Okay, so her fiancé, Patrick, he had been unfaithful to Kelsey, and he was seeing another woman by the name of Crystal Lee Kenny. What a dick. Yep. Why are dick. you her fiancé then? Right? I don't understand this. So, Crystal was a nurse who lived in Idaho. (laughs) 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 Idaho. She Idaho. Crystal is. Damn it, Crystal. What a hussy. (laughs) You tramp. (laughs) Oh, man. Great words. Supposedly, Kelsey and Patrick had some issues in their relationship, and Patrick was known to tell people that he thought that Kelsey was a bad mom to their daughter. Wow, what a fucking asshole. I know. I can't believe they were like fiancés. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I'd be like, hey, guess what we're not anymore? Fiancés. Yeah. Get rid of this ring. Yeah. Ting. You'd flick it in their forehead. 
Yeah. And it would tink down the drain. Tink, yeah. Tink, tink, and he'd be like, no. Yeah. Or I'd leave it on the table or I'd pawn it. Ooh, I'm pretty vindictive. I like I'd probably pawn it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. And then you find out it's Cuber's Zirconian. <laughs> I know, right? You don't give me 50 bucks for it. <laughs> oh, man. No, I need blood diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so he was known to say that she's a bad mom, right? Yep. And he feared for the well-being of their daughter because of it. That's what he would tell people. And he oh. also told his mistress, Crystal, this, right? Okay. So on November 22nd, 2018, which is Thanksgiving Day, Surveillance footage from a Safeway supermarket captured Kelsey shopping for groceries. Okay. Can we talk about procrastination shopping on Thanksgiving? True. That's, no one's ever supposed to go out on Thanksgiving. Unless it's like, oops, I forgot cranberry sauce. <laughs> you know? And then you buy it and you always leave it in the fucking fridge. <laughs> yeah. You never remember to pull it out. And no one eats it if you do pull it out. So. I know. It's always like dad. Like dad will eat it. Yeah. And you're like, dad, we don't need this. And he's like, it's not Thanksgiving without cranberry sauce. Yeah. And it's just sliced and there's maybe one slice gone, but you find it later on the plate. A fucking ocean spray or whatever. <laughs> cranberry sauce from a can. Exactly. No one wants this. Yep. Oh, man. Anyways, so Kelsey's shopping for cranberry sauce. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's caught on surveillance footage. And she has her one-year-old with her, right? Okay. And this is the morning of Thanksgiving. Maybe she was going somewhere else. And they were like, uh-oh, can you bring potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, fucking potatoes, really? <laughs> on Thanksgiving? That's the one thing you always have. Yeah. <laughs> so later that day, Patrick says that he saw Kelsey when the two of them met up in an alleyway outside of Kelsey's home to trade their daughter off. So, it's- like... That's an appropriate place to trade your daughter. <laughs> right? Like, why not at her front door or something? Yeah. <laughs> or, like, literally anywhere else. <laughs> or, no, like, at the house. It was an alley. Yeah. Well, that's what he says. We met in an alleyway to trade the daughter off. Maybe it's not the stereotypical alley that we're all thinking of. But yeah. instead, it's, like, an open alley that's just, like, they call it an alley, but it's actually a street. Maybe. <laughs> She's, like, hiding behind the dumpster with her child. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> You got the stuff. I'm over here. (laughs) Yeah, here's your baby. (laughs) So supposedly Patrick and Kelsey were in an argument over finances and they were breaking up. Okay. That's what Patrick says. In this alley. Yeah. Well, I, that's why they were training the daughter off. They were having rough times. They were calling shit off because of finances, according to Patrick. Uh Uh-huh. And so. Not because he was cheating. Yeah. I'm sure that's exactly why. But he said to the police. Yeah. His finances. Yeah. Because he probably doesn't want the police to know. About they were. Crystal. Yeah. So Patrick did say that when they met up, he had returned some of her belongings back to her, which consisted of a handgun, keys, and some other items. So they met up in this alleyway, traded the daughter for a handgun and some keys and other items. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, this is a weird breakup meetup or yeah. something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be like, I left all my CDs. Yeah. Not I... my handgun. <laughs> can I have that back? Yeah. What's he doing with her handgun? I'll tell you what he's doing. Killing her? Maybe. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Around 1 p.m. that day, surveillance video from a Walmart in Woodland Park captures Patrick shopping with his one-year-old daughter. Okay. It's kind of a timeline, right? Like, yeah. she was at the store in the morning. She had her daughter. Supposedly, they met up. Now, Patrick has the daughter, and it's one. Okay. This poor kid. I dragged around all these stores. I know, right? So then, more timeline. That Sunday, after Thanksgiving, Kelsey's employer gets a text from her saying that she won't be in to work. For like a week. Oh. A little sketchy, right? Yeah, it's a long time. This text shows that her cell phone pinged a tower in Idaho, which was 600 miles from her home. Uh, fucking oh. sketchy crystal Idaho? Uh, sketchy, sketchy crystal Idaho. That was hard to say. <laughs> yeah. 
And this is a couple days after Thanksgiving when she's last really been seen, right? Yeah. So on December 4th, 2018, about 12 days after Kelsey was last seen, her mom calls the police to report that she's been missing. Like, they didn't see her on Thanksgiving. They haven't seen her in 12 fucking days. Her work hasn't seen her. They have this weird ominous text, right? Yeah. So she asks the police to go do a welfare check on her. And the police go to her apartment, and they don't find Kelsey or anything out of place. And her family's like, this is super unusual for her to just disappear without telling someone. So the police file a missing persons report. Okay. Side note, I guess Kelsey was a pilot or something like that. So she did have access to, like, planes, and she would fly places for weeks at a time. Yeah. But she always told somebody her flight plan, and she didn't have her own plane to just, like, take off in <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta borrow one of those yeah and there would be like a log of it someone would see it missing <laughs> somebody would be a little suspicious <laughs> hey remember that plane that we used to have <laughs> the hangar is empty <laughs> it's gone <laughs> yeah so none of that shit there was no planes missing no flight logs or anything all right so obviously patrick is the first person that police start to suspect because one he's the fucking fiance yeah. And two, he never reported her missing. <laughs> yeah. He would also be worrisome. Yeah. He's like obviously in contact with her because they shared custody of the daughter. So like, was it normal for them to not talk for like 12 days? Like, yeah, I'll take the kid for 12 days. Yeah. Right. No when parent does be like, when are you going to come back? Like, yeah. It's I your turn. bang Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't, can't bang Crystal with this kid here. Yeah. So two days after Kelsey is reported missing, the police seize Patrick's cell phone and suspiciously... Crystal, the girl that Patrick was having the affair with, goes out and buys a new cell phone herself. And oh, she okay. mentions to her ex-husband, I don't know if they were husband at the time and then become ex after this, but all reports said ex-husband. Okay. So I'm not sure why she's still in contact with him, but maybe they're friends. But she mentions to the ex-husband that she had lost her old one, so she had to buy a new one. Okay. So did Patrick give her cell phone instead of his cell phone? Oh. No, it's like Patrick gave up his cell phone. Yeah. And then old Crystal over here is like, uh, I need to get rid of my phone because Ooh, they're oh, going to okay. find some shit. Okay. Right? I, I'm with you. Yeah, Picking yeah, up yeah. what you're putting down. Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. she said she lost it. Oh, I lost it. How weird. I need to go buy another phone. Yeah. So, so any weird. text that they might find to Crystal, she could be like, no, I lost my phone. See how I bought this new one? Yeah. me. Maybe. <gasps> or maybe she's not smart enough to realize, like, you only need one phone to see who's texting who. Well, that's what like, I mean. You could still then, map it out. <laughs> but then they could be like, she could be like, no, I didn't text him back. Yeah, that wasn't me. Him hanging. I lost my phone. Yeah, exactly. Except for you did text him back. Bum, 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 bum. Doo-doo. Okay, so on Patrick's cell phone, the police find that the day that Kelsey disappeared, there were several calls and text messages exchanged between Kelsey and Patrick's phone. So maybe that was to like meet up to like take the daughter and all that. Yeah. Which and, alley are you in? Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you come outside? I'm outside. Are you behind the dumpster or <laughs> should I do our special call? Yeah. Hoo-dee-hoo! <laughs> and all the pings from their cell phones were from Woodland Park cell tower. So they were in the same area. Okay. Which matches the story, right? Yeah. So Patrick's cell continued to ping off the tower serving Kelsey's apartment from 1 p.m. till 4.30 that day. Okay. Supposedly he wasn't at her apartment though, right? Like he just saw her and then they went to like the Walmart or whatever. Yeah. But he was in her apartment. Oh. During that time. Oh, so he's a little liar pants. He's a little liar pants. And then around 3.30 p.m., Patrick's cell phone calls Crystal. Okay. So supposedly he's still in the apartment and he calls Crystal. Okay. That evening, cell towers pick up on Patrick and Kelsey's phone, traveling in the same direction, continuing to stay together through November 24th. What? In that time, there was eight messages and phone calls that were exchanged between the two phones. They all pinged off the tower in Florissant, Colorado, which is where Patrick lived. 
Oh. So he doesn't realize that, like, when he sends a text message to be like, hey, bye, or whatever, like, this is my alibi, I see how I'm texting you because exactly. I'm not with you, but that they're going to ping off the same fucking tower. Exactly. And then it doesn't match his story because he's saying, like, hey, I haven't seen her since we picked up the daughter. Yeah. So if he were like, oh, no, 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 she was with me, texting me, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, for some reason. Then no, this guy's just a dum-dum. Yeah. He's a dum-dum. He had her cell phone. Yeah, he, he should have dumped that somewhere Ex- else. Exactly. So the police were like, yo, something's up, guy. You're not yeah. telling the truth. You said you last saw her on Thanksgiving, but her cell phone's with you. Like, what the fuck is going on? Also, you keep texting it, which is suspicious. Yeah, that's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're just looking more suspicious. So yeah. they get a warrant to search his house. At the same time, the police get in contact with Crystal to ask her, like, what does she know about the situation? And I think that they linked her through Patrick's cell phone. Like, they saw that Patrick was contacting this Crystal person. So they were like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So Crystal's- And then they're like, what's your relationship? Because you guys are texting a lot. Oh, you've been cheating? Oh, wow. Really suspicious, right? Let me talk to you for a minute. Come here, Crystal. Why don't you sit down right over there? Have a cookie. <laughs> I just got to put the laundry in the dryer. <laughs> You're free to leave anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's just a dude in a ghillie suit going to tackle you. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't understand all of these references, we're talking about Chris Hansen. They all know. <laughs> and his famous show, To Catch a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> to Catch a Hoe. <laughs> to Catch a Hoe. Oh, we're so mean. I know. Okay, so. Also, I should point out, it's not necessarily her fault if she didn't know that they were married or whatever. No, she More knew. blame should go on to the spouse in the fucking relationship. Yeah. For sure. They're both assholes. Yeah. But it's funny to call her a hoe. So yeah. Because she's from Idaho. (laughs) Exactly. So the police get in contact with Crystal, right? Yep. And they interview her. And she basically lies to the police about her affair with Patrick and says that they dated a few years ago, but that she hadn't spoken to him in a long time. Okay. And when she was pressed by the investigators, like how long had it been? She was super awkward at answering it and said something like, oh, like a month or so. Okay. And so investigators know that she's lying because they have all this information on the cell phones, right? Yeah. And two days after Kelsey goes missing, there's like all these call records between Crystal and Patrick. So they're like, uh, you guys have been like cooperating on some shit. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking liar. You're in touch with them. I keep like wiggling my hand around like, eh, some fucking jiggy shit's going on. (laughs) Yeah. This is a podcast. No one can see that. She's doing a lot of hand gestures right now. (laughs) It's a very theatrical performance over here. (laughs) So Patrick explains to the investigators that what had happened was was that Crystal and Patrick had seen each other on November 24th because they had met up at Patrick's house to go see a horse that the two had co-owned together from like their previous relationship. I guess they bought a fucking horse. Okay. Talk about a commitment. Like I mean, I, I guess it's the same as a dog. Yeah, but it's a horse. It's more work. <laughs> yeah, it's a way bigger animal. Yeah. <laughs> you what, are they like, going to go reminisce on it, though? Like, I don't know what they were doing. But supposedly, that's why they were meeting up on the 24th. Like, okay. that's why these calls were placed. That's why they talked at, like, 3 o'clock on the 24th or whatever. they're going to go fucking meet look a at horse. this horse that they used to own Yeah, they're going to hold each other's hand in the sunset. Yeah, which is also shady on account of he's engaged exactly Kelsey exactly and so Patrick says that they were together from 9 a.m. that morning till 5 p.m. that night like we're together all day looking at this horse yeah and the police are like that's some bullshit (laughs) because Crystal's cell phone was pinging off the tower by Kelsey's apartment not by Patrick's house where the horse lived oh Uh uh-huh the investigators present this issue to Crystal because she kind of like is saying the same thing like yeah yeah yeah. we we were just meeting up to see a horse because she told her ex that too like oh I'm just going to fucking go see this horse with my ex-boyfriend yeah so that's why i'm gonna be gone 
Investigators are like, yo, Crystal, tell us what's up because this is some bullshit. Yeah. None of your stories are matching. This we see make any through sense. your lies, yeah. you liar. I see you seeing me seeing you. Yeah. And she's like, ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she'll tell the investigators everything, but after she hires an attorney. Okay. Smart cookie. That's fair. Yeah. So she does that, and then Crystal gets interviewed, and she claims that she loved Patrick very, very much. But she also really feared him. Ooh. And that they had known each other for 12 years and they had dated on and off. And Patrick had told Crystal that she felt that Kelsey had to die in order to protect his daughter's life. So kind of like what I said in the beginning. Yeah. But he was like really hell bent on it. And on three separate occasions, Patrick attempted to get Crystal to kill Kelsey. Oh my God. All of which Crystal agreed to. Uh... That's not good. No. What the fuck, Crystal? Maybe be like, yeah, okay. Hello, police. Yeah. I'd like to report an attempted murder. (laughs) (laughs) So on one occasion, Patrick told Crystal to poison Kelsey with her favorite Starbucks coffee, which was a caramel macchiato. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) I love those goddamn drinks. (laughs) Uh, Why would Crystal be bringing Kelsey Starbucks, though? Like, were they buddies? Oh, I'll tell you. Okay. So she was supposed to poison it with Valium and Ambien. Because Crystal had easy access to it as a nurse. Uh Uh-huh. And so in August of 2018, Crystal drove from fucking Idaho to Colorado Uh and knocked on Kelsey's door, pretending to be a new neighbor in the neighborhood, and introduced herself and gave Kelsey the coffee. Like, hey, I happened to bring you this. Hey, I just wanted to say I'm your new neighbor, and I love caramel macchiatos, so... Maybe you will, too. Here you go. And so she gives Kelsey the drink. But Crystal never actually poisoned the coffee because she couldn't go through with it. Why the fuck would you drive? Yeah, why would you do any of it then? All that way. Was she just pretending so that Patrick would be like, damn, it didn't work? Maybe. Or maybe she was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then last second was like, I can't. But then why would you knock on the door? Yeah, why would you go up and give her the coffee then? She's like, I'm going to drink the second coffee and drive back home. Yeah, because I'm going to have to stay awake for a while. (laughs) This is a long ass drive. 600 miles. Yeah. Oh my God. Also, I would be sketch about someone bringing me coffee. Yeah, because you're normal. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, but if it was like my favorite coffee. (laughs) I might drink it. And it looked brand new? Yeah, if it looked brand new. It had, like, the green Starbucks wrapper still on it, you know? Well, I mean, this is, like, brewed by a barista. So it probably just had, like, the green plug in the lip of the cup. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 okay. Mine would be a Frappuccino, though. (laughs) I guess it would be hard to mix your drugs in it, though. Ooh, I'm going to be hard to poison. No, 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 because they're going to be like, oh, I heard you don't like whipped cream. Ooh, fuck. Mm. Mm. Why'd you tell everyone? Well, <laughs> just don't take mysterious drinks. It's like at the bar. You can't just take any Corona. <laughs> you have to be there when they open it. All right. <laughs> so you get roofied, man. I know. All right. So Patrick was pissed, obviously. Uh-huh. And on October 15th, he gave Crystal another shot at murdering Kelsey. Okay. So he gives her this two-foot metal pipe and was like, yo, go beat the shit out of her. Holy shit. Yeah. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. He's I not- mean, it's from murder to murder, but they're very different types of murder. Yeah. And if I were Crystal, I'd be like, yo, this one's a little more intense than the last one. If I were Crystal and didn't have the, like the gumption or whatever to poison a person yeah you can fucking bet your ass i wouldn't be beating a person to death hell no that sounds way more intense yes more personal yeah and like not well thought out no (laughs) so crystal didn't follow through with this right smart and he instructed her on the 21st that she was to jump kelsey in front of her home and beat her to death with a baseball bat 
This is the third occasion. That okay. The third chance she had at murdering her. Chance. Yeah. And I'll then give she, you another chance. Yeah. Third. I'll give you a go fuck yourself. Do, yeah. Exactly, Patrick. Go yeah, fuck yourself. You do yourself. Do your own goddamn dirty work. Yeah. Get out of here. Asshole. So she was supposed to beat her with a baseball bat and then dump Kelsey's body in a dumpster. Solid plan, right? Uh, have you ever tried lifting a heavy garbage bag right? into a dumpster? What the fuck, yeah, Patrick? I couldn't lift you into a dumpster. I couldn't lift you either. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you ever tried lifting a heavy garbage bag? I can't even put my toddler in a goddamn crib. (laughs) No, I can't imagine. Especially dead weight, which my toddler is dead weight half the time because he doesn't want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get in there, kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. How is she supposed to do that? I don't know. Well, she's a nurse. Maybe she has, like, good body mechanics. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) She knows the tricks. Yeah. Because I could, like, rotate you in your bed. I could change your whole bed with you in it. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I'm a nurse, but I was a CNA. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I'm just thinking of the hoisting. Yeah. And very suspicious. Yeah. And then you've got legs to deal with. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Someone's going to catch you. Seriously. I'm sure people have watched me try and put heavy trash in dumpsters before because we have a dumpster at work. And, and they're heavy like, trash. that's a dead body. Yeah. And people are like, she's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And it just falls back on me like, oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, it's in a bag and it's mostly paper, but still. Yeah. And paper. It's all light. <laughs> It's very bulky. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Paper products. So on each occasion, Crystal refused to kill Kelsey. Go, Crystal. Yeah, smart. She should have called the police, though. She should have. And But remember, she feared Patrick. Yeah. So in a way, she's kind of a victim, too, but still, I agree. No, I get it. But also, you know who could help you to not fear a person by, like, maybe putting them in jail? The Popo 50? Yeah. Yep. In particular. <laughs> and so Patrick gets pissed, and on Thanksgiving, he took matters into his own hands. Bum, 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 bum. This is one of those times where you write something and it sounds so smart when you write it and you say it out loud and you're like, I fucking hate myself. <laughs> Too dramatic. Yeah, yeah. I was there with the backup music. You were. I liked it and appreciated it. Yeah. So while Patrick was at Kelsey's house that afternoon to like trade off the kid, they yeah. didn't actually meet in an alleyway. He went to her house. <laughs> okay. And he allegedly got Kelsey to play a quote unquote game where he blindfolded her with a sweater and was like, yo, smell these scented candles and tell me what scent it is. Okay. And she was like, all right, sounds like fun. I don't know. Uh, maybe this is normal. They must have been on good terms. <laughs> I mean, that was still her fiance. Yeah, but th- he says that they, well, I guess who knows what's really true. Because he said that they were breaking up over finances. Yeah. But maybe they weren't breaking up. Yeah. Actually, this is a good point because I read somewhere that Kelsey's mom was like, I don't suspect Patrick at all. They had a great relationship. Everything was fine. Ooh. Yeah. That so anyway, sucks. So. Also, if Brandon did that, I'd be like, this is a trick. <laughs> yeah. If Lee did that, I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not going to guess them. Get out of here. Also, you don't have a blindfold, but you have a sweater. Like, I'll just close my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. And you probably would pick out the stinkiest candles. I don't yeah, want to smell your fucking gross. Like, what's sugar the, cookie what's candle. What's the trick here? You're going to fart in your hand and put it up? <laughs> Buttercup your ass? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what they would do to us. Yeah. That's exactly. why we don't trust them. I'd be like, that one's fresh linens and that one is pure asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while she's blindfolded with a sweater and distracted by smelling the candles and guessing what scent they are, Patrick slips in some chloroform. <laughs> no, worse. He grabbed a fucking baseball bat and began beating the shit out of her until she died. Holy shit. In her apartment? In her apartment. How did they not find, like, anything? I'll tell you. I guess their one-year-old daughter was in the home in the back Ugh, room when this happened. That's awful. So 
Patrick then shoved her body in a black duffel bag and oh attempted God. to clean up the bloody mess with a baby wipe. A baby wipe. A typical fucking man move, right? Maybe not one. Not one baby he wipe. He was like the whole pack. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But come on, man. At least bust out the Clorox. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Like you could get a rag, you know. Those are disposable. You could. <laughs> Anything is disposable if you throw it away. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. He then threw the duffel bag in the back of his truck and he drove to his family's house to have Thanksgiving dinner. Oh my God. With her dead body in the back of his fucking truck. In a duffel bag. In How a do you duffel fit bag. a person in a duffel bag? Actually, I think it kept explaining it as like a black canvas bag or something and I just put duffel bag. Oh, okay. I don't know the difference though. A bag that would hold a body. Yeah. That was black. Well, I mean, we have like a black canvas bag that holds Brandon's uh, snowboard. <laughs> that would probably hold me. <laughs> Brandon's dead body. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. He has one of those. Yeah. So later that day, Patrick calls Crystal and says, quote unquote, you have a mess to clean up. What? And she knew that that meant that he had finally killed Kelsey. So that was. I mean, you have a mess to clean up. Right? Because he's fucking crazy. You brought that upon yourself. Nah, bitch. (laughs) Bust out the baby wipes. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the 330 phone call or whatever that he had made to her. You've got a mess to clean up. From Kelsey's house. Yeah. And so she drove all night to Kelsey's house where Patrick had left a key by the front door or by the front gate of the house or apartment or whatever she lived in. Yeah. And she brought bleach, gloves, a hairnet, shoe covers, a hospital gown, and other cleaning supplies to clean up the mess. Are you fucking serious? She's like a top-notch side hoe. I guess. She's ride or die. (laughs) Well, she doesn't want to die, so. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Legit, if Brandon spilled Uh -uh. something and was like, you've got a mess to clean up, I'd be like, you can get the fuck out. Yeah. You can kiss my fucking ass. And also, looks like now we have a stain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I will do everything that I can to not clean up that mess because you said it like that. (laughs) I will put up a little tiny gate around it so no one knows, (laughs) everyone knows not to touch it. Yeah, that's where our towel goes now, always. (laughs) Put a chair over that mess. Uh, What an asshole. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe she's going along with it. I know. So Crystal said that the apartment was a horrific scene. Oh, and that yeah, there was she blood. She beat to death with a fucking baseball bat. Right. And cleaned up with baby wipes. <laughs> she said that there was blood all over the residence. And there were bloody footprints throughout the apartment. And oh the walls. God. And the baby toys were covered in blood. <gasps> and she even found teeth that had been knocked out of Kelsey's mouth when Patrick struck her in the face. Holy shit. Like, he didn't clean up shit if this is what she found. Maybe he, like, baby wiped his hands in the bat. <laughs> Maybe. And he was like, I'm done here. And he was like, this is too much for one baby wipe. I've got to go. <laughs> I better call her and tell her that she has to come clean this. Let me call Crystal. Maybe she has more baby wipes. Yeah. <laughs> so Crystal says that she purposefully left blood by the fireplace and on the baby gate so that investigators would find it. But they didn't find it. <gasps> supposedly Kelsey's mom had noticed that a bath mat was missing from her daughter's home. Okay. And so she started looking closer and she noticed that there was blood on the toilet, the trash can, the floor, the wall, the door, and the vanity all in her bathroom. Oh my God. And it all tested positive as Kelsey's blood. Okay. Also a neighbor had a security camera that was placed and you could see Kelsey's front door in the camera. Yeah. And there's footage of Patrick coming and going back and forth like, back up the story that he had gone in there and did the little scented candle thing and coming out with a fucking uh, body size bag bag. exactly oh my god also footage of patrick going through a bank drive-through with the black duffel bag in the back of his fucking truck was captured 
Like, this guy is not very smart at murder. Maybe he put a towel over it or something? Maybe. Something, huh? And yep. then, but I mean, he went to Thanksgiving dinner with his family and had the body in the back of the truck. That's awful. It's crazy. That's some fucked up shit. Hey, do you have any cranberry juice? <laughs> I have a body in my car. <laughs> uh, so he took Kelsey's body to his house where he threw it in a horse trough along with the baseball bat and he burned it using motor oil and five gallons of gas and wood. Was this a wood baseball bat? Yes, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Most baseball bats nowadays won't burn. Yeah, like the metal ones. Yeah. I think you'd use metal. I don't know. Who knows? But I guess Patrick had wanted Crystal to take the body back to Idaho, but she refused to, so he was like, all right, fine, I'll burn it. Yeah, I mean, I will only do so much for you. Yeah, I'm not going to take a whole body back. Are you fucking crazy? What, do you, what, are you, what is she supposed to do with it? I have no idea. Put it in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. So I guess the flames from his little burning sesh was so big that Patrick's mom came out on the front porch. I don't know if he lived at home with his parents or if they lived on the same property or what. Maybe the mom had the horse ranch and like he was oh, going over there. Oh, maybe. But damn, he got rid of evidence at his mom's house. That's fucked. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed if I was the mom. Yeah, I would be. I would be too. Was the mom like, "Why are their legs hanging out of the truck?" Like, what's going on? I guess his mom didn't see anything, but Crystal testified that she thinks she saw like burning human remains at the bottom of it. Ugh. Yeah. So Patrick, he had also instructed Crystal to take Kelsey's cell phone and the gun that he had supposedly given back to Kelsey that yeah. day, and get rid of it so that it would look like Kelsey committed suicide. And then just didn't have a body. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and so cell phone records show that Crystal and Kelsey's cell phone traveled together back to Idaho. And Crystal then used Kelsey's cell phone to send a text to Patrick saying, do you even love me anymore? In an attempt to throw off police. Yeah. To make it look like Kelsey was still alive. Yeah. And But now for some reason in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dumb. With Crystal. Yeah. Because they're both dumb. <laughs> exactly. And then Crystal supposedly burned the phone. Oh. After Patrick had burned the body, he threw out the ashes and they were taken to the local dump. But after several searches and attempts, Kelsey's body has never been found. So that's why I was going to say Crystal testified that she never actually saw him put the body into the bag. But she saw him burning the bag and she said that she saw remains, like human remains in oh, there. Okay. So she's like, yeah, no, he had the body. Yeah, yeah, he did it. On December 21st, 2018, Patrick is arrested for first-degree murder, and on the 31st, he's charged with two counts of first-degree murder and three counts of solicitation of first-degree murder. I don't know why it's two counts of first-degree murder. He well, only murdered her once. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and only murdered one person. Yeah. Crystal is charged with tampering with evidence and pleads guilty and testifies against Patrick. And they also found, during the search warrant on Patrick's home, five teeth and a bloody sheet that were Kelsey's. In Patrick's home? Yeah. I Whoa. guess there was like four teeth in an envelope and then like one loose tooth hanging out. What the fuck? I don't know. Is he collecting teeth? I guess because his daughter's only one year old so it's not like he's collecting her teeth. Yeah. So anyway. That's fucking scary. That's the story. And so he was supposedly killing her to get custody of his daughter because he didn't like her anymore. Yeah. And this you know, crystal man, chick was afraid of him so she went along with it. You could also like break up yeah and then just split custody right exactly that's awful god damn it is terrible people are assholes yeah and now no one gets that baby i know the baby actually was in custody of kelsey's 
parents. Oh, okay. And so now they raised her, or they are raising her. I guess that's good. Yeah. I mean, better than being raised him. by the state or something. And well, him, yeah. Yeah, well, he had her. Like, he killed Kelsey and then had the baby the whole time. That's awful. I know. Uh, well, hopefully the baby didn't see anything. No. Hopefully not. Supposedly the baby was in the back room, but, I mean, shit. That's fucked up. Yeah. And that's so fucked up. I bet she wasn't a bad mom. Even if she was a bad mom, she didn't deserve to die. No, I would doubt that. I think that he was just being a selfish Piece person. of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh Agreed. Well, there's my goddamn story. Well, goddamn. Give me yours. All right. So my story is about the Yuba County Five. Ooh. I'm going to tell you a story about five dudes. This takes place in Northern California in 1978. Okay. So the first guy that I'll tell you about uh-huh. is Gary Mathias. He was 25 years old. He was born in Yuba City, Northern California. Oh, it's in California. Yeah. Huh. He was in the army in the 70s, and he developed a drug problem and was eventually diagnosed with schizophrenia. So he went to Nam. <laughs> right. He was psychiatrically discharged okay. from the military. Mm-hmm. He went into a mental hospital for treatment, and he got into trouble twice for assault and suffered multiple psychotic episodes that landed him in the VA. Oh, Lord. Which is a hospital. Yep. Veterans Administration. That's right. <laughs> Fun fact. Just letting everybody else know who might not have grown up going to the VA. (laughs) He eventually graduated to being an outpatient, and he lived with his parents, and he was considered a success case. Oh, he got better. Yeah, he got rehabilitated. Mm -hmm. So he was close friends with four other guys. Bill Sterling, who was 29. Mm -hmm. Jack Hewitt was 24. Ted Weiher? Mm -hmm. We're going with it. Okay. Who was 32. Yep. And Jack Madruga, who was 30. Okay. So these guys' names are Gary, Bill, and Ted, and then there's two Jacks. Okay. The Jacks are the only ones that I will refer to as Jack plus their last name. Okay. that gets confusing. For sure. So Bill and Jack Hewitt both had slight intellectual disabilities. Okay. And Ted and Jack Madruga were both considered slow learners. All right. So. Great group. Yeah. A lot of IQ floating around in here, I guess. Especially if they're going to do some murdering. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. So, the group referred to themselves as, quote, the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they did. Yeah. And their favorite thing to do was watch sports together. Uh Uh-huh. Sounds like typical men. Yeah. Hanging out, watching sports. Having a good time. Low IQ, hanging out, watching sports, (laughs) hanging with the boys. (laughs) That's right. It's the boys, you know? Uh Uh-huh. They all played basketball together on the Gateway Gators, which is a local program for the mentally handicapped. Okay. All the men lived with their parents. Uh-huh. Respectively. <laughs> Not with one of their parents. They didn't live with, like, each other's parents? Yeah. <laughs> On February 25th, their team was going to go play in a week-long tournament in L.A., and the guys were going to get a free week in L.A. So they Ooh. were fucking stoked, Yeah. Right? It was being put on by the Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. And That's pretty big. Yeah, super big. They were, like... They were about to have a good time, right? Actual thing. Yeah. And some of them had laid out their uniforms and asked their parents to make sure that they woke up on time. Aww. Like, they were ready to do this, Yes. Right? Like sleeping in your uniform in the bed already made. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping on top of the bed. <laughs> the boys decided to go to a basketball game at CSU Chico the uh-huh. night before. Uh-huh. And Jack Madruga and Gary were the only ones with driver's licenses, so Jack decided to drive them all to the game. 
which mm-hmm. was 50 miles away. Damn, that's a commitment. I was thinking the same thing. Like, right before a big game, yeah. you're going to drive yeah. really far. but You need to rest. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But they were like, let's go get hyped up on basketball, watch our favorite team before we go wreck the competition over here. <laughs> and play basketball. <laughs> yeah, they really like sports. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> So after the game, they went to a small market for snacks and drinks. Uh-huh. Road trip and food. Yeah. Got they got it. 50 miles to come back home, right? Yeah. We're gonna get, what are we getting? Hot Cheetos, Arizona iced teas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Arizona iced teas. Whoa, party. <laughs> <laughs> and the men were only wearing light coats, even though it was pretty cold. I'm not positive, but I think it might have been snowing. Oh, okay. But then again, they were going to be in an inside basketball game. Yeah. Like, so it's not that odd that they were only wearing light coats, right? Yeah, I literally wear a light coat year-round. And then when it's really cold, I'm like, fuck. That's because you live in San Diego. I need to buy another coat. <laughs> I should really get a coat. <laughs> so days later, Jack's 1969 turquoise and white Mercury Montego oh. was found abandoned in Plumas National Forest Oh, in a remote area that was on a dirt road. That's not good. Yeah. The car was found about 70 miles from Chico, not on the way back to their hometown. Oh, weird. Yeah. The car was found stuck in a snowdrift, and the keys were missing. Okay. Along with all of the dudes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. It appeared as if the wheels had been spinning to try and get the car out. Uh Uh-huh. And when police hotwired the car, they realized that it was still able to run and had a quarter tank of gas. Okay. So it got stuck in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. But police believe that the car could have easily been pushed out of the snowdrift and driven away, especially, especially by five, five dudes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So police are unsure why the car was abandoned. Okay. Additionally, the car was found unlocked and with a window down, which Jack's parents said that he would have never left his car un- so unsecured. Oh. Okay. So a little odd. Yeah. Also, it's snowing. Yeah. Yeah. Roll up your fucking window. You're going to regret that decision. Okay. Inside the car, there was wrappers and cans from the stuff that they had bought in the market and a neatly folded roadmap of California. Road trip and food. Yeah. Okay. And their nice little roadmap. Yeah. There was no trace of the men. Okay. Footprints? Nothing. Interesting. Just done. Gonzo. Gone. So when the police checked out the car a bit further, they realized that there were no scrapes along the bottom of the car, Mm -hmm. even on the low-hanging muffler even though that it was driven along this bumpy dirt road. Okay. Which is, like, really odd. So you would expect to see scrapes on a bumpy dirt road. Yeah, I guess on this bumpy dirt road. Okay. Like Like you'd bottom out or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Police decided that meant that either the driver was familiar with the road or was extremely careful, which I assume would probably be hard at night to be very careful. And the boys' families were super confused as to why they would have driven up this random dirt road. Yeah, 70 miles away when their destination was only 50 miles away. Yeah, and in the wrong direction. You had a road map. Yeah. Well, it was neatly folded, so. No one can fold a road map back to exactly how it was. So maybe it was never opened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. I'm a fucking detective. (laughs) (laughs) And Jack Madruga's dad, Jack madruga was the one that was driving yeah his dad said that jack didn't like cold weather and had never been to the mountains before wow so the idea of someone being experienced with these roads or familiar with them would not be him no not him but you might drive slower if you were like i've never been here before true but i mean it's nighttime you're bound to at least be like oh shit there was a dip yeah yeah that's true no matter how careful you're being yeah 
Especially, they're in a car, not like an off-road vehicle or anything. <laughs> That's true. Like, are these like washboard dirt roads? Like, what kind of dirt roads are we talking? I don't know. They just said bumpy, and like they would have expected, they would have expected scrapes and stuff. Maybe it's not like a road; it's like a path, you know, like an off-road vehicle. Yeah, path. yeah. I don't know. There's other cars that come into this later, so okay. Well, we're not sure. Okay. But Bill's parents said that they had taken him up there once on a fishing trip, but Bill didn't like it and stayed home during future fishing trips oh. instead of going back. Okay, so he wouldn't, like, voluntarily go there. Yeah, he wouldn't be like, check out this sweet place that I've been to. Yeah. Like, let's all go explore that. And Jack wouldn't have either. He didn't like the cold weather and stuff like that. Yeah, Bill plus didn't. they had a big game the next day. Exactly. Okay. No one knows why they went up there. Okay. So they opened a search to find the men, but there was a severe snowstorm. Oh, no. And some searchers almost got lost while looking for the men. That's not good. So they had to call off the efforts until the weather got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A witness came forward on March 3rd after seeing a poster with the boy's picture on it and said that they had come into a store that she worked at two days after their disappearance. Oh. And they were in a red pickup truck. All of them came in? I guess. Wow. Yeah. The owner of the store corroborated that story. Okay. Here's my problem with that. <laughs> there was a reward offered on all of these posters uh -huh. for any information leading to the men. Yeah. I'm not saying that this lady was wrong or anything, mm -hmm. but maybe there was an ulterior motive there. Oh, like, oh, I saw them. Yeah. Give like, me that where, money. where would they get a red pickup truck? Yeah, and would five men fit in a red pickup truck? I have no idea. Maybe if it's a bench seat and they all squeeze in. Maybe, or like some of them are in the back. In the in the pickup part? Yeah, in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, that part seemed a little sketch. And then the article kept mentioning the reward, which was like a little over $1,000, but I guess in today's money it would be like a little over $4,000. Yeah, so, sizable amount yeah. where somebody might have incentive to lie. Yeah, enough okay. for someone in the, maybe a small town or something to be like hey Guess let's what go have these on this reward money right uh-huh so a little weird but maybe she's telling the truth i don't know okay four months after their disappearance on june 4th some motorcyclists went up to a campsite about 20 miles from where the boy's car was found mm -hmm. and there was a trailer with a broken window so the guys went to investigate it and as soon as they got into the trailer they smelled a dead body oh no yep by the way that would be us Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Someone already broke in. We should break in. <laughs> exactly. That looks abandoned. Let's go inside. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet there's still stuff in there. <laughs> so the body inside was identified as Ted. Oh, no. Yeah. He was found on a bed in the trailer wrapped in eight sheets. Oh, maybe he was cold. Even around his head. Okay, that's weird. Okay. The autopsy showed that he had died from a combination of starvation and hypothermia. Oh my god, that's so sad. Yeah. Like they got lost? Yeah. And he found it and then he had eight sheets and he wrapped himself up? Yeah, he was very cold and he wrapped himself oh, up. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. He had lost almost 100 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah, he so was he like was a 200 pound a guy. But Wait, how much further is this? This is 20 longer? miles from where their car was found. Okay, but how much longer is what I meant. Oh, this <laughs> Time -wise. is four months later. Oh, my gosh. So he, he was alive for a while. Yeah. <gasps> to lose 100 pounds. Oh, that's so sad. His beard growth suggested that apparently he had lived for up to three months. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah, after they had been missing. Wait, I read somewhere that your hair continues to grow after you die. I don't know about your beard hair, but like your hair hair. I don't either. Okay. Well, this article said it. Same with your nails. Yeah, I know your nails do. Maybe they can tell like post-mortem. 
I don't think that they would continue continue growing though after a certain amount of time. Yeah, maybe. Like maybe for a week or two yeah, until all your cells true. die. Yeah, like not as long. Yeah, but it's not like forever. Like you don't pull out a skeleton and it has like the longest hair in the world with the longest fingernails. <laughs> it's like Rapunzel. <laughs> yeah, it's just the whole coffin is filled with hair. <laughs> oh man. So he was found in a velour shirt. Ooh. Which, if you're unfamiliar, is like a bathrobe. Okay. <laughs> like terry cloth? I, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Lightweight pants and his shoes were missing. Okay. The fireplace in the trailer was functioning and had plenty of matches and kindling, but no fire had been lit. Oh. And there was also heavy, warm clothing that he could have changed into that was untouched in the trailer. Okay. And this is the part that got me. There were some sea ration cans from the shed that had been eaten, uh -huh. but there was a locker in the same shed that had even more rations, enough to feed all five of the men for a year, that oh, hadn't wow. even been touched. Oh, and This weird. guy died partially of starvation. Yeah. There's food right there. Was he, like, functioning enough that he could have found them and known what to do with it? Well, I think that they're speculating that he or they ate those other ones and didn't look and find the other stuff i don't know either didn't look to the locker in the same exact shed which uh -huh. was unlocked or hmm. like i don't know maybe they didn't want to touch it because they didn't want to steal i don't know maybe he was really sick or something and he couldn't get to it after a while we'll get to that because okay. there is a point with that okay but if the other guys are around they could help yeah so police kick-started the search and ended up finding two bodies on opposite sides of the road only oh. about 11 miles from the car. Oh, my God. Like, they were walking? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. This is so sad. Like, they just drop in like flies, and they continue to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, two of them dropped at 11 miles, and then the other three kept going. Oh. The bodies were identified as Bill and Jack Madruga. Okay. They had both died of hypothermia, Aww. and police believe that one of them may have succumbed to sleep, which is, like, the final phase of hypothermia. Yeah. And that the other man didn't want to leave his friend. Oh. And so he eventually died the same way. That's so sad. Isn't it? Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm sorry. I'm really bringing this down. Yeah, it's really making me sad. <laughs> Both the men's bodies had been scavenged by animals Ugh. and were nearly skeletal. Wow. Two days later, Jack Hewitt's dad was in a search party that ended up finding his son's backbone under a bush. Oh, my gosh. That's fucking horrifying. Oh, that's so sad. As much as I would want to be involved in my child's search. You don't want search. to find that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. The backbone was found about two miles from the trailer where Ted was found. Oh, okay. So, like, they made it to the trailer together? Yeah, probably. Okay. His shoes and jeans were nearby to help identify that it was Jack Hewitt's body. Oh, it's so sad. Did he take them off, or was it, like, scattered from the animals? It didn't say. Okay. But I have heard with hypothermia cases that yeah. you'll undress the paradoxical undressing yeah you were talking about that in the in episode two yeah the, the love pass yeah yeah they even referred to it as america's Diet love pass oh interesting yeah these poor men i know so his cause of death was also hypothermia about a quarter mile from the trailer searchers found three forest service blankets and a rusted flashlight by the road but they couldn't determine how long they had been there. Mm -hmm. 
and Gary's parents distributed his picture to mental institutes in the area, assuming maybe he made it out alive and wasn't on his medication. Yeah. Because he's the only one we haven't found yet. Yeah. But there was no luck, and he's actually still never been located. What? Yeah. Investigators also found Gary's shoes in the trailer. Uh Uh-huh. This made people think that perhaps Gary lived about as long as Ted did. Okay. So about three months, or at least... And police actually believe that perhaps Gary and Jack Hewitt had been in the trailer at some point with Ted. Like, okay, all three men were in yeah. this trailer surviving in there. Wow. And, like, no one went and got help or, like, figured anything. They were just like, we live here now. Yeah, basically. But then wow. they didn't eat as much rations as they could have or should have. Interesting. Didn't light a fire. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Some articles were saying, like, I mean, you kind of have to remember that they were mentally handicapped yeah i'm wondering how much so though because they were all driving together to a game so that makes me think you could handle yourselves in like social situations and exactly yeah you're well enough to go out into society yeah without help yeah and if two of them have driver's licenses that makes me think that at least two of them are capable in the world yeah mostly capable in the world to be able to problem solve themselves yeah yeah not eat themselves you know what i mean (laughs) feed themselves (laughs) yeah exactly so they believe that maybe gary's frostbitten feet were super swollen and that's why he may have left his own shoes and taken ted's because they were bigger oh remember ted's shoes were missing okay yes so maybe gary took ted's shoes and was like i'm gonna go get help yeah let me get us out of this bind yeah okay something so gary's shoes were back in the trailer but gary's missing ted's shoes are gone they also said that Ted's feet were gangrenous. Oh. And he would have been in too much pain to get eight blankets and wrap them around himself. So that kind of suggests that the other guys might have helped him. Maybe he had a fever from it. Like he got septic. Ooh. Sepsis, not septic. <laughs> Sepsis. <laughs> Ooh, that's gross. <laughs> Probably. I mean, if you're gangrenous. Yeah. Ooh. There's an infection. Yeah. So a man named Joseph Shans. Mm-hmm. came forward after the bodies were found and said that he had actually driven up there that night and his car had been stuck in the snow. Uh-huh. Kind of like the guys. Yeah. He attempted to push his car out, but he actually had a mild heart attack while he was what? trying to push it out. Yeah. He was in severe pain, obviously. Yeah. So he got back in his car with the heater on and just kind of chilled out there for a while. To, like, let the heart attack pass. Yeah, I guess. What the fuck? Yeah. Eventually, someone parked relatively close behind him, and Uh he heard a bunch of voices. Yeah. And so he peeked out and saw what he thought was a woman and a baby and a couple other people outside the car. Okay. He called out for help a couple of times, but each time he did, they would all stop talking and turn off their flashlights. What the fuck? Yeah. So this made police consider the possibility of foul play okay because if there's someone else around or if you're acting fucking shady and someone's calling out for help and you're like nope not today let me just pretend like i'm not here yeah so eventually joseph ran out of gas and had to walk eight miles down the mountain to a lodge after a heart attack yeah jeez and he passed the boy's car along the way oh okay ted's mom later said that it was unlike ted to ignore someone calling out for help so it wasn't them probably not yeah and they don't have a child and they're not women all of those things are also true. <laughs> <laughs> so here are some theories. All right, let's hear them. The first is foul play. Yes. Jack didn't know the roads up on the mountain, and he probably would have scratched up the underside of his car, right? Yeah, going down the road. 
but he also wouldn't have let anyone else drive his car. Uh-huh. So perhaps someone unknown was driving the car. Like, Hijacked him? Yeah, without his permission, essentially. Yeah. But also, there were already five dudes in the car. And we know that they made it as far as the car did because they were all found nearish the car. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of unlikely that they fit yet another person in the car. Yeah. That would drive them up this mountain. Exactly. That's a little weird. Yeah. Another foul play thing uh-huh. would be maybe they got stuck in the snow and some like would-be serial killer saw a chance and took it. <laughs> it was hiding like, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, I got one. You fell into my trap. But then still, why would they have been up on that mountain in the first place? That's what I don't understand is like, what were they doing over there? Yeah. Did like, they take a wrong turn? Maybe they got lost and took a wrong turn. But for a long time? Yeah. I would think one of them would open the map and be like, well, let's see if we can find yeah. where we are. Yeah. This you isn't know? right. And then, like you said, no one ever can get a map folded back up again. <laughs> Especially not unless you get out of your car and, like, stand up to help fold yeah. it back up. Like a team to fold it. It's like folding, folding a goddamn fitted sheet. Exactly. So finding that folded up inside the car is a bit sketch. Uh-huh. So another theory is maybe Gary was rescued. His body was never found, so he could have been rescued and has, like, amnesia or something. Doesn't know who he is. Exactly. But his parents distributed his picture to mental hospitals and I'm sure regular hospitals as well. Uh-huh. So I find it odd that someone could go this long without uh-huh. being recognized. Oh, no. I'm sure he's passed away somewhere out there, too. They just haven't found him. Probably. Another thing is, it's not really a theory, but it bothers me a lot, <laughs> is why would Ted have died of hypothermia and starvation if there was accessible food in the shed yeah and a fireplace and he was covered in blankets exactly not to mention the fireplace and the warm clothing inside the trailer like that's all a bit sketch Hmm. but i can kind of understand that if he was mentally disabled and didn't know how to start a fire yeah like that's kind of a skill yeah even if you have matches and kindling a lot of fires are hard to start that's true half our friends can't start fires that's true (laughs) (laughs) well maybe like the three of them got to the trailer and then he was really hurt so they like set them all up and then they were like we're gonna go get help together and they died on the way without all the stuff yeah but three months i don't know because he lived for three months so they would have been like presumably all hanging out in there for three months or at least heads hanging out in there somehow he was able to get the rations so either someone else was with him or he was able to get them at what point would you not be like let me check this closet yeah and see if there's a jacket (laughs) (laughs) i'm cold yeah i mean the uh, the rest of the trailer is fully furnished you would think yeah i don't know that's weird yeah also just a kind of side note onto ted's disability Uh uh-huh ted's family said that he lacked common sense and they gave an example of one time where their family home was on fire Uh and ted was laying in his bed literally watching the flames on his ceiling oh my god and his sibling was like yo we gotta go dude yeah Yeah. we gotta get out of here and ted was like no way i gotta rest up before work tomorrow oh and his sibling had to literally drag him out of the house okay so that makes a little more sense then why he like starved or froze but only if he's alone yeah like if the other men aren't there yeah maybe they were there for three months caring for him and for some reason they didn't know about that extra locker or something or maybe they were just rationing it out yeah and they hadn't made it to that locker and then they went to go get help and then they died getting help 
Yeah, and that was all within the three months. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. And then they were the ones, like, giving him the food and stuff. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. they didn't go back down the mountain where they came, where the other guy that was in the car. Yeah. Where he went eight miles and found a lodge. So they, oh, they didn't go back down. they just would have went down. the other way. Yeah, they went up, up. the mountain more. And hmm. police uh, said that there was a trail that was kind of plowed or cleared mm-hmm. from an ATV or something earlier. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they followed that to say like, okay, this will probably lead to some kind of civilization or something. Yeah, like someone recently made this. Yeah, but it didn't. And they would have had better luck going back down the mountain. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they had the window rolled down. Because you know how you said the window was rolled down? Mm-hmm. Maybe they had it rolled down for like a handle to push on. You know, like, okay, oh, let's roll maybe. the window down so I have something to push on the side. You guys get in the back. Yeah. And I'll steer. Yeah. What or I was thinking, my old car used to lock all the time. And so what if they were like, I don't want to lock my keys in my car. And so they, oh. they like crack the window. Remember when we were in uh, Big Bear and you locked the keys in your car? Remember when we were in Big Bear and my husband locked the keys <laughs> in my car? Well, God damn. Yeah. That's super frustrating to not know what happened to Gary. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the other men also. Yeah. I could speculate that maybe their mental illnesses or something yeah they were so far off that they couldn't care for themselves and also like hyperthermia everybody could suffer from that like it doesn't matter your mental stability yeah if you're walking forever and you don't know which direction you're going because you're genuinely lost yeah especially 11 miles in snow so much work i'm dead at like five yeah oh for sure (laughs) so especially in our goddamn flip-flops exactly And they didn't have proper clothing because they were going to be inside at this basketball game. Interesting. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn. That's crazy. That's America's Dyatlov Pass. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, people. Well, guess what? We got a goddamn this week. (gasps) What? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm about to play that for you. Let's hear it. Who's it from? It is from Will. Okay, you ready for this? Let's hear it. What's up, baby? It's your boy Will from the Weird Wiltshire podcast, <laughs> and I just want to say, God damn! Oh, I fucking love this podcast. <laughs> Deuces, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking amazing. Uh, he has an accent, and, and I yes, love he it. does. <laughs> <laughs> Deuces, bitches! <laughs> that might be the best fucking goddamn we've had. Oh my god, I shameless love it. plug and all. Love it. I love it too. Oh it's man, perfect. you guys go check out his podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. If you guys have goddamns, you should send them in. You can email them to us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can tweet at us or Facebook us or Instagram us at isgdpodcast. Yeah, you can. Or if you want to see any pictures pertaining to our cases, we're at isgdpodcast.com. Yeah. We also have links to merch and Patreon on there. Yeah, go donate, please. And you get an extra episode. What? That's right, a month. A whole extra one. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you want to snail mail us, it's P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Hell yeah, it is. And if you have any suggestions for us for future cases, you can reach us on social media or on that email. And we will do them. We keep getting ones for like popular cases that I've heard before. And I know you have too. But I still think we might need to do them. Yeah, I've seen one that we've gotten a couple of requests for. So, I mean, I think you know more about it than I do. So I think you should do it. Okay, deal. Surprise me. Okay, deal. I think we're going to do it. And then people who have heard it before, hopefully they'll forgive us and also enjoy our spin on it. Yeah. I mean, we're different. 
<laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's what my mom used to tell me. <laughs> You're just different. <laughs> All right, everybody. We love you so fucking much. Go on there and subscribe, rate, and review us. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Make people listen. We love you guys so much. Yep. You're awesome. Deuces, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.